This is a public service announcement brought to you by Drinks with Dub Podcast. The creators and producers, namely Dub City himself, would like to inform you that this show has been produced with no chill, no filter, and a grand total of zero, let me say that again, zero fucks given. By continuing to listen, you acknowledge that you and you alone are responsible for any and all feelings of anger, insecurity, and jealousy, as well as being triggered or offended. Any offense taken will most likely be ignored. However, if you do choose to contact or troll the host in any way, you do run the risk of being publicly ridiculed and called out for being a sensitive-ass little bitch. Now, with further ado, ladies and gentlemen, your host, in the What's up, ladies and gentlemen? This is Drinks with Dub, and I am your host, Ian Dub, aka Dub City, aka Mr. No Chill, aka Mr. No Filter himself. Thank you for tuning in and checking out this episode. Thank you for tuning in and checking out the previous episodes. Those of you that have, if you haven't, this is your first time tuning in, uh, welcome. Welcome to the show. Uh, go back, and uh, when you get a chance, check out check out the previous episodes uh i don't know what platform you're listening on but the the show is available just about everywhere uh spotify itunes and all that good stuff um like subscribe follow do all those good things and uh like the page on facebook drinks with dub you can follow me on instagram at drinks with dub and uh i think that's really about it that's that's all the plugs and announcements i got not a lot going on uh real quick uh shout out to the to the boys over at the Bad Credit Podcast, I don't have all the information, um, but they just recently had they, uh, their uh, cornhole tournament uh, that turned out, from what I can tell, turned out really good. I talked to Stephen about it a little bit earlier, said they had a good turnout, uh, some live music and everything like that, so shout out to them, shout out to everybody that went out and had a good time. Maybe when they had the next one, maybe I'll be able to... I'll be able to swing through and add some of my personal flavor to the festivities, but you know that's that's the future. We'll you know we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Uh, but this week, this week on uh, on the show, man, uh, I've been trying to keep up with what's been going on in pop culture and such things, and scrolling through the interwebs. And I don't know if you caught this or not. Uh, I didn't really know what was going on when I first saw it because I took me because nobody was posting the link. Everybody was just talking about it, so I had to I had to investigate because it intrigued me. But R. Kelly, ladies and gentlemen, released a song sometime in the past week or so called "I Admit," or is it "I Admitted" or "I Admit" or whatever. And so, just that alone was enough to intrigue me. Like, what what is he admitting to? Like, and obviously, when you think about R. Kelly of whether he did or didn't do it, uh, you your mind immediately goes to the uh, 
the uh, sexual, I don't know, I don't know what the case was. I don't know what they charged him with, but it, it goes to the tape of him and the, the teenage girl that he was uh, supposedly in bed with and allegedly had this sexual relationship with, and the kicker was that he supposedly had peed on this girl. Um, so that's been, that's been the story on R. Kelly for about 15 years or so that, you know, this had happened and this went on. And that's the kind of thing that really puts a damper on your singing career. You know what I mean? But he kind of survived and kind of went through it and, you know, came out on the other side and then kind of took a nosedive on some other shit. (laughs) Um, But he released this song last week called I Admit It. And the song is 19 minutes long. Like, that in itself, I'm like, who, like, who the hell records a song that's 19 minutes long? First off, why not just make it an even 20? Like, that, you know, that was my first thought. Like, why make it 19 and some change? Like, just go ahead and make it an even 20, let the beat ride out, and, you know, make it a nice round number. But when I heard this, I was like, okay, you know, R. Kelly's got a song out that's 19 minutes long called I Admit It. I don't have a choice. I have to listen to this. Like, my interest is peaked. And if you've not heard this, find the time to, you know, listen to it. But I'm going to tell you what I remember of it, you know. He goes, obviously, it's 19 minutes long. He goes on and on and on admitting to various things that I think we generally already knew or we just never heard him say he talks about the fact that he's broke which you know most entertainers are broke that's just that's just the way it is he talks about like he doesn't own like his masters in publishing and all that kind of shit which means that he's not getting no money for the music that you're continuing to buy and stream uh he talks about being taken off of spotify behind this new shit that he's gotten himself into with all the uh I don't know what it is. Is it a sex cult or a sex ring? Supposedly he's got these women locked up in the house somewhere and like they can't leave and shit. But, you know, when I started hearing about that, like it was the girls that was in the house that was doing the interview saying they couldn't leave. And I'm like, if y'all can do the interview, why not just leave with them? But, you know, just need to hear all that. Um, he talked, uh, he did talk about the fact that he can't read. Uh, I think he he might have mentioned dyslexia, maybe. But he talks about the fact that he can't read, so he didn't understand the contracts that he was signing. And, I mean, it's just... It's a 19-minute hot mess, is what it is, of him talking about cheating on his wife and hooking up with groupies and people that turned his back... You know, they turned their back on him and not having good people around him. Like... I don't know it was it was crazy you know and part of me wants to believe that this was you know sincere you know I guess that he's really wanting to get this off his chest and I guess one big part that makes me believe that is like the song is not for best I can tell it's not like for sale anywhere and I don't know if that has to do with his record deal or lack thereof or you know where any of that comes from but i mean if you've got the if you can find the time you find yourself with nothing to do um if you're sitting in the school line waiting to pick up the kids you know first week back in school and shit like that because you know those school those car pickup lines are long and chaotic so you're just kind of sitting there 
or wherever you go if you you know just just google it or go on youtube and look this song up and listen to this hot mess of a song that he's put out because i you know it, it has no i don't know what the structure is but you know he's got a hook in it but it, the hook is very simplistic and so he's singing kind of on beat and off beat at the same time it just like i said he just goes on and on and on and i'm just like listening to it like okay this this is interesting like you still got your voice and you still got your rhythm and you know you can still cuss like you can still cuss people out while you're singing which i don't know that's a i don't know if that's a talent in and of itself or just something that people don't take advantage of like R. Kelly's always been one of those, you know, one of those guys, you know, in the R&B world that he sings, but he still cusses and says gangster shit. Like, I don't know how you really pull that off, like, to say some gangster shit in tune. Like, it's just one of those things to me that, you know, has always been, been entertaining to me. Like, it's one thing to rap and it's another thing to sing, but, like, when you combine those two, two uh, attitudes together has always been you know fascinating to me whether it's r kelly some of the you know some of the shit that beyonce's put out over the past few years where it's got that hype you know that hype houston flavor to it but she's still singing like i enjoy it so i enjoyed the song you know as a song just because you know i'm a music fan and i'm an r kelly fan yeah i'm you know i'm still an r kelly fan what that man doing his personal business don't concern me i just listen to the music when he puts it out um but like I said, it's a hot mess of a song and it's chock full of chock full of craziness is what it is. And it's it's 19, like 19 fucking minutes. Like, I think this one song is like the length of almost four chapters of Trapped in the Closet and Trapped in the Closet was like Trapped in the Closet. I think you can buy that on DVD. Like, I've never heard of a music video that you can put on DVD because it's so fucking long. That's the kind of shit he was on with this 19 minutes of admitting things. You know, of not being able to read, of cheating on, of cheating on his wife with groupies and, you know, smoking weed and doing drugs and going broke. And, like, it's basically the E! True Hollywood story in song form is basically what he did. And... I don't know what comes next, if anything comes next, but you get some time to yourself. Go listen to this song. You'll, it's well worth it, in my opinion. Um, and speaking of hot messes, we see it all the time. It's, it, I don't want to say it's a new epidemic because it's definitely not. It's... It's been an epidemic for many, many years in this country on both sides of the equation. But it seems to be getting uh, more attention these days. I don't know if it's getting worse, maybe. But there's definitely a drug epidemic in this country. Like, lots of people are using and addicted to various drugs. And... Truth be told, it's a very sad situation. It's a sad situation. I don't know if you have ever known someone that has battled drug addiction, but I mean, it's a very hard thing to watch. You're watching a person basically not be in control of their own life. 
Like they're in a, you know, when someone has an addiction, they're, they're in a constant struggle with that addiction to whatever it may be. I mean, you know, we're talking drugs here, but they're in a constant battle with this addiction that they have. And it's sad because they're, they, you know, you're in a position where you can lose everything you have, including your life because you're coming out on the wrong end of this battle at various times, you know, you know, it's a constant fight. Sometimes you're winning, sometimes you're losing, but what I want to talk about is how we treat those people versus how we treat celebrities, I guess. And I don't even think it's necessarily just celebrities. You know, that's kind of what brought the topic, you know, to mind for me was that Demi Lovato, um, apparently reportedly whatever she's hospitalized been hospitalized for about a week now she reportedly overdosed on heroin and Demi Lovato has been very open about her battles with drug addiction over the years uh not just the drug addiction but eating disorders and you know things of that nature she's been very open about it and over the past couple of years as she's spoken on this and continue with her music career, she's become sort of a symbol, a role model, or um, a spokesperson, I guess you were like a poster child, like of empowerment, of you can beat this, you can do this, and you can believe in yourself. And that's that's all well and good, but we, we ignore the fact that, yes, she's Demi Lovato, yes, she's a very famous singer. We ignore the fact a lot of times that this she's still at the end of the day a human being that is still having this constant struggle um and so like i said she just recently the reports are that she overdosed on heroin and the internet has been back and forth because that's what the internet does but oftentimes even in the foolishness of the internet there is a point that's there and the point is, one of the points that people have pointed out is the difference in how Demi Lovato has been portrayed, you know, after being hospitalized for an overdose, after being, I think they said she was six years sober. She's been, you know, clean, you know, clean for six years. And I guess everybody's talking about it now, but I didn't hear anybody talking about talking about it a month ago or whenever. But apparently a month ago or sometime in the past couple of months, she released a song called Sober in which she admitted that she had has fallen off the wagon, that she had started using drugs again or drinking again or whatever. And, you know, then then, she, then comes the overdose and everybody's talking about this song about how she was crying out for help and how, you know, how sad of a situation it is. When we have people every day, the news is reporting that are facing various, you know, situations because of their drug addiction. And we're so quick to condemn these people like a regular person that you see on the news that something has happened to that OD'd or whatever. We're like, well, that's what they get. That's what happens when you choose to do drugs. But when it's Demi Lovato it seems to be, oh, this poor girl 
she needs help. What about, you know, what about the broke people that need help? You know what I mean? I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to turn this in. I'm not, I'm not even looking at this as a race thing. You know, I'm, I, I, it's, this is a class thing. I heard a um, comedian one time talk about the difference between how broke people are described and how rich people are described. It's like broke people are junkies. Rich people are substance abusers. You know what I mean? And he says that and it's funny. It's a punchline, but it's very true. It's very true how these people are portrayed in the media. Like, I guess your public persona really dictates how we perceive your actions. And I don't think that's fair. I think that's, I don't think it's fair to either side. You know, in, you know, when you're talking about a very serious issue, you know, I mean, cause you know, it's been a debate. I've seen it back and forth on Facebook you know, a lot over the past, you know, little bit, even before the situation with Demi of people arguing whether drug addiction is a choice or not. And people say, well, they chose to do the drug, so they chose to get addicted. And I'm like, you know, I understand that argument. But here's the thing. Here's the thing that I always bring up, you know, when I hear people talk about that, they chose to do this, is that there are people in this world and there's an actual psychological term, like a clinical term. But basically, there are certain people that have addictive personalities, like they are predisposed to become addicted to something. And it's not necessarily drugs that they become addicted to. It's just something about their personality that makes them dive full force into things. And the example I give is uh, Eminem. Eminem has been very public about his drug use in the past, you know, and has had multiple issues with um, getting in. I don't even know if he got in trouble for drugs or not, but but in and out of rehab and overdoses and, you know, things of that nature. And I was watching an interview or watching or reading an interview or whatever, you know, after after he had been to rehab and been clean for a while and was coming back with a new album might have been the second Marshall Mathers LP or it might have been the it might even been the relapse I think it was the relapse CD when he came out you know with relapse and recovery he was you know promoting those albums and doing those interviews and everything and he was talking about his drug addiction and being clean and sober and talked about the fact that when he got out of rehab you know and was clean and sober that he started running like and running became his addiction to the point that he was he was doing that to the point where it was no longer healthy for him. Like he was running like 15, 20 miles a day because even though he had given up the drugs, his mind and his personality still craved that addiction to be addicted to something. And you know what I mean? And you think to yourself, like, you know, everybody needs, you know, more people should run. We should all run more and exercise more. But even something like that, you can do that to the point where it becomes unhealthy when it becomes a mental obsession of what you're doing. And so I think that's, you know, that's I think that's very much the case with a lot of people that are addicted to drugs and battle addiction. Um, when I was. I don't know, I was 19 or 20. 
I was 19 or 20 and I got in trouble several times over the course of a year um, for drinking underage, uh, underage, you know, got arrested and charged with underage consumption on a few different occasions. And um, I think the last time I got, last time I got arrested for it, um, they gave me a suspended jail sentence in lieu of completing a, um, basically a rehab course. I didn't, you know, I didn't have to go to like, in, you know, didn't have to do like inpatient rehab, but I had to basically take drug and alcohol classes and complete this course to avoid jail time. And so, you know, obviously that's what I did because I didn't want to go to jail. But, you know, doing this, it, it basically I was in the room and hearing stories from, you know, people that were actually battling addiction, you know, because, you know, I, I, I didn't I didn't have a drinking problem. My problem was I wasn't allowed to drink and I got caught, you know, but, you know, listening to some of their stories and some of the things and one of the things that that always that, you know, has always stuck with me for whatever reason is I think it was the instructor was one of the instructors said that once you are an addict, you are always an addict. You know, no matter how long you go without indulging in whatever it is you're addicted to. Like, you, if you're an alcoholic, you know, if you are an alcoholic, you are forever an alcoholic. Like, you don't stop being an alcoholic because you quit drinking. You're always an alcoholic because in some form or fashion, that urge and that taste is always there. And that's something that I think people in themselves don't recognize and don't readily admit you know they can because you may go four or five six seven eight years without doing anything without drinking and you could be at a wedding perhaps or you know whatever and decide you're you know you know it's been long enough i'll i'll have a sip of champagne you know at the toast for the wedding and that one sip of champagne after six seven years can be enough to, you know, click and, you know, send you back on that downward spiral. You may be able to handle it. You may not, but you don't know. You don't know until you go down that road. So you always have to look at it as if you're always an addict, no matter how long you're in recovery, it's still a process. And I think that's something that we need to, as a society, look at and not be so quick to judge people and condemn people for something that that we're not dealing with ourselves and I think part of not condemning people is we need to understand that no matter who you are or your situation in life you're still a human being you know what I mean like we've talked about you know I've seen a lot of memes comparing how we, you know, how we talk about, they're talking about Demi Lovato right now versus how they talk about somebody like Bobby Brown or how they talked about Justin Bieber when he was going through his issues. And like, it's, it's a double, it's a double standard or it's not even say a double standard. It's a, it's a, it's a chosen standard. Like we choose who to condemn and who to, 
who to let slide. You know what I mean? Like there's no there's no there's no way to clean it up. Demi Lovato is a drug addict. You know what I mean? The guy you see standing on the street corner that you condemn and look at him who threw his life away, he's a drug addict too. There is no difference between them other than the fact that one is a famous singer and one is just some person that you saw on the news or whatever that you think deserves whatever fate he he gets because he got a, he's addicted to drugs. And I just think that's ridiculous. I think it's not fair. I think we need to we need to really think about how we talk about people and how we judge people especially when it comes to real life situations and how we look at it when it's a quote unquote regular person and when it's a celebrity. That's just my two cents on it, you know, but you know, what's, I don't, I don't really know what my two cents is worth, but that that's, that's my two cents on the situation is that there's, there's a millions of people in the world that battle drug addiction and mental health issues and whatever and we need to treat I think we need to give them the same courtesy and respect that we give celebrities it's, or that we give some celebrities because we don't give all celebrities the same thing the same treatment but speaking of celebrities another thing I want to talk about is I, you know, I scroll the internet, um, your social media sites, your Instagrams and all this. And I don't follow, I don't, I wouldn't say I follow such things, but I see such things and I have a good memory so I can remember and I can keep up with things very easily. And one of the things that's always on social media and on TV or whatever is celebrity couples like Hollywood romance. And for the most part, I think Hollywood, I really don't care about Hollywood romance. Like, it's just not my, like, I don't care who's dating who and try to keep up with all the gossip and everything like that. But there, there are some couples that catch my attention, you know, based on the relationship that they portray in public and on social media. Now, granted, I have no idea what's going on in these people's private lives you know what i mean like behind closed doors but there's just some people that you enjoy in public and on social media um like like this is the life i want to live this is the relationship i want um one example is um is it I don't, is it Kristen or kirsten whatever her name is Kristen, Kristen bell and uh dax shepherd like if you've not, if you don't pay attention, you know, if you get a chance to Google them, like their Instagram and Twitter accounts, and listen to the stories that they tell about each other in interviews, like, these are two people that are having fun in life. You know what I mean? Like, Dax was telling a story about how he got a new chair, like a lazy boy recliner chair, and it was like a three month war between him and him and his wife, Kristen Bell, because he decided that this chair needed to be directly 
in the middle of the living room. Like, not going to rearrange any other furniture. I'm going to set this chair in the middle of the living room. And it was like, they just went back and forth about it for like months on social media. Like, she would take pictures of the chair and be mad about it and take pictures of him in the chair. You know, and they did a movie together uh, a couple years ago called Chips. And her being a dedicated actress and a devoted wife, she was in the movie. Her role in the movie was basically a blonde bimbo. Like that was who, that's what she was playing. She was playing a blonde bimbo who was like, I guess, a trophy wife, and she was a bitch, basically. The only way that she was getting by in the world was based on her looks. And when she was filming this movie, she had just recently had a baby. And there was a scene in the movie where she's in a bikini, and for the sake of the movie and for the sake of the you know her husband directing because he was directing the movie I think he wrote it too like he wrote directed and starred in the movie and put his wife in the movie because that's that's what you do she chose to go through the pain of not pumping and breastfeeding for like five to six hours so her boobs would be extra full for this scene of her in this bikini and like both of them have done interviews talking about you know how how important that scene was and that she didn't pump and you know what I mean like just having fun with the whole situation like that's what you want out of life that's what you want out of a relationship is you want to have fun um, if you don't pay attention if you, if you if you don't follow them you need to or I guess you really just need to follow her but Chrissy Teigen and John Legend like Chrissy Teigen is hilarious on social media. Like the things that she says and the stories that she tells, you know, about her and John's relationship. I mean, it's just it's just ridiculous fun stuff. Like she she tweeted out one time that she always has a note in her pocket in case she gets murdered that that just says John did it. You know what I mean? Like, what? Like, I don't even know what that means. Like, why are you, you know, tweeting this out? And it's just recently, I think he won a Tony or something or some, or some shit like that. But he, um, he had done a song for, and I didn't even know this was a thing, but apparently there was a SpongeBob musical on Broadway and he had done a song for it and got nominated for a Tony. And so she gets on Twitter and is like, I didn't even know you did a song. You did the SpongeBob theme song. Like, what other kind of secrets are you keeping from me? You know what I mean? Just silly shit like that. And, you know, the, you know, the, the ultimate celebrity couple goal is Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds. And for those of you who don't know, I'm a huge Ryan Reynolds fan because I feel like we have the same the same kind of sense of humor like that dry sarcasm that wit you know not to like toot my own horn but you know i'm not saying i'm as funny as ryan reynolds and i should take his place although i probably could have done green lantern you know with my acting experience but that's that's neither here nor there but you know i've been told by several people over the course of the years that 
it took them a while to understand me because I'm very sarcastic, but I do it with such a straight face that people don't realize that I'm, that I'm being, you know, I'm being a smart ass, but in a fun way. Like they think I'm just being a dick. You know what I mean? I don't do it to be a dick. I do it to be a smart ass and to be sarcastic because I think it's funny. And once people realize that, they realize that I'm fucking with them. You know, they think it's funny too, but it takes people a while to warm up to that. You know, that that I'm just, you know, I'm just joking around. I'm just talking shit. Like, I'm not really, you know, being mean to you, even though, you know, I guess it technically is still being mean because I still say the things. But there's humor and love behind it. Like, I'm not just being rude. Like, I'm saying smart aleck things, but... I'm joking around with you and it's all in fun, but people don't realize that because I do it with such a straight face and a deadpan expression that they think like, Oh God, this guy's an asshole. And I don't know if I want to be around him because he, you know, he's always an asshole to me. And then it takes him a while. Like I said, it takes him a while to realize it. But Ryan Reynolds has that same kind of dry, dry sense of humor where he says things and it's just like, wait, what? Um, it's why the Deadpool movies are so good. Like, you know, breaking character, breaking the fourth wall and all that stuff. But him and Blake Lively on Instagram, like, this is what they did to each other at one point. Um, I lost my train of thought. Uh, Ryan posted a picture of him and his family. It was him, Blake, and their three kids, or two kids. I don't know how many kids they have. It was him, Blake, and I think they're two kids. And he posted the picture on Instagram. It's like the three most beautiful and important people in my life and Blake. You know what I mean? Like uh, that's the kind of, like that's the kind of sarcasm I like because we all see these people on social media. They're constantly posting, you know, mushy love letters to each other and that that's fine and dandy i don't mind that you know it 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 gets old i guess the ones i don't mind are the ones that post these mushy love letters to each other and then a week later they're getting a divorce and ready to kill each other and then the week after that they're back to posting mushy love letters about how they could never live without you you know without each other and i'm like wasn't they the biggest piece of shit in the world last week like You know what I mean? Like, stop trying to portray this image on social media that you think people want to see. Like, just just fucking be yourself. You know what I mean? And I guess that's that's why I like some celebrity couples. Like, they just seem like they're enjoying life. I mean, first off, hopefully, hopefully if you're in a relationship, you know, a long-term relationship especially, hopefully you're in love. Like, you're with, you're in a relationship with somebody you love. So, right there, you're already winning. You know what I mean? You're winning in life. You have found someone to go through life with. The ups, the downs, the highs, the lows, the goods, the bads, all that good stuff. You, If you've got somebody that's willing to go through all that with you, you're, you're already winning because that's hard to find. You know what I mean? And second, especially with celebrities, like, they're rich, okay? Like... 
and I know that I know the old saying. I know that money can't buy happiness. I get it, but money can keep you from being sad, and money having money keeps a lot of stress away. You know what I mean? Like me, you know, me and Britt are about to have a baby. You know, and it's stressful. You know what I mean? You got all this stuff you got to buy. You got all this stuff you got to do to get ready. Now, if our bank accounts had millions and millions of dollars in them, we wouldn't be stressed about how we're going to buy buy this stuff and pay for the things that we need to pay for. So that's a worry that we wouldn't have. That's a worry you don't have when you're rich, if you're rich and smart with your money. Like, if you're rich and dumb with your money, yeah, you're still... You're still going to stress out because that's just that's what you do because you ain't been smart with your money. But if you're rich and you're smart with your money to where you can do your everyday life things, you're golden. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Talking about celebrity couples and, you know, being smart with your money. I don't know if it's smart or not, but Cardi B and Offset. I guess last week, sometime in the past week, last couple of days, they went out and bought Lamborghinis. Cool, good for them. Y'all went and got Lamborghinis. My life ain't affected because y'all got Lamborghinis, but thank you for sharing that and hope that works out for you. You know what I mean? I don't know why y'all got Lamborghinis. Lamborghinis ain't got no back seat and y'all just had a baby. So where you gonna put the car seat? But cool, you got a Lamborghini. But I guess people on the internet was tripping about the Lamborghinis that they went out and got and was telling Cardi B that they they leased those Lamborghinis or just borrowed them for the picture or whatever and she felt the need it's been deleted now but nothing once you delete once you post something it's always there especially if you're famous somebody gonna screenshot the shit but she actually posted a, a picture of her bank statement showing where she had withdrawn the money to pay for the Lamborghini like this half a million dollar withdrawal that you made to purchase your Lamborghini. What the fuck does it matter what somebody on the internet thinks of your Lamborghini? What does it matter what people on the internet think of your relationship? It shouldn't. The only people you should be concerned about in your relationship are you, the person you're in a relationship with, and your children. Past that, it's nobody's business what goes on in your relationship you know so stop you know so stop trying to promote this idea that you're the perfect couple because you're not there is no perfect couple you're never going to be it it's not going to happen so stop fucking pretending so and I guess that's why I enjoy at least on the internet I enjoy the celebrity couples that I do because they don't seem caught up in that. Like they seem to just be enjoying their life and doing what they want to do. And it just so happens to entertain me. You know what I mean? And when and if you can entertain me, I'm happy. You know what I mean? Like that's what I want. I want you to entertain me because your life doesn't really affect me. Like I generally want you to be happy because I want people to be happy in life. But other than that, like your life doesn't have any effect on my life so i just want you to entertain me if you're gonna if you're gonna tell me about your life constantly at least make it entertaining for me
And speaking of making your life entertaining for me, I don't know how many of you keep up with any or all of the various Real Housewives television programs on Bravo. Um, I don't have Brit right beside me and I don't have my phone, but let me... There's the Real Housewives of Atlanta, uh, Beverly Hills, New Jersey, New York, Potomac, and Beverly Hills. Maybe did I say Beverly Hills? There's five or six of them of these Real Housewives shows. And Britt watches just about all of them, I think, except for one. There's one that she don't really fuck with. But for the most part, she is on The Housewives. Like, that's her shit. She watches it. And she usually records it and watches it later. And I'm usually with her. And so I watch too. Here's my thing. Here's my thing about these shows. And I guess why I relate to them is because I feel like as bullshit, as much bullshit as these shows are, they're they're so relatable because they are so real life at the same time like these women they get together there's a group of six or seven or eight of them or whatever they all hang out together but they hang out in small groups of two to four and they do things together and they talk shit about each other and then they go back and tell the other people what was said and oh such and such said this about you when we was having lunch. No, she didn't. And then they go ask him, like, I heard you said such and such. I didn't say such and such. She said such and such. And then she chimed in with this. And I said this. Well, you shouldn't have said this because blah, 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 blah. He said, she said, she said, she said. And then eventually it all blows up. And they, you know, it's a whole mess. It's a lot of drama. It's a lot of shit talking. And it all seems so very familiar to me. And it made me wonder, what would it be like if they did a Real Housewives of Hartsville? I mean, can you imagine what this would be like? Now, first off, I think it's going to fit perfect. It's going to fit perfect because... One of the rules, one of the things, because Britt Brit can tell you all about this stuff. And so, and I ask her questions during the course of the shows and, you know, all of this about the behind the scenes stuff. You know what I mean? Like, one of the things she, you know, that she, you know, told me is that a lot of times it's the producers that tell, that, that, that are stirring the pot. You know what I mean? It's the producers that are, Telling people, telling these women what somebody else said or might have said to get them to say some shit to stir, you know, to stir the pot and keep it going. And if that ain't harsh, I don't know what is. It's always somebody on the outside that got some shit stirred up that don't even be involved in the conflict. And I just be sitting back watching like, why y'all mad at each other? 
why ain't y'all mad at this person? This person, the one that started all the shit, but y'all finna fight over it. You know what I mean? Like, that just, that just wouldn't fly with me. You know, but if that, that's the show, that's what you do. Another thing is that it's in the contract. And most of most of the time, and from what I see in Hartsville, you wouldn't even need no contract because you motherfuckers ain't about that life. But it's in the contract that you can't fight. Like if you throw a punch, you're going to get fired from the show. You know what I mean? And let me tell you, they be calling each other 10 kinds of bitches and cunts and uh, hoes and twats and all of this. And look, you only finna call me so many names and you only finna talk about me so much before me and you just going to settle this. But I see it, you know, I see it especially in, especially on social media. People, you know, people so quick to jump on social media and argue and talk about some shit and go back and forth about what they going to do. And you said this and you fucked my man and this and that. Look, I watched some shit last year or a couple years ago. I watched these two girls go back and forth on social media, uh, on Instagram and Facebook, posting pictures and taking subtle shots at each other that was so real housewives like. But the problem was that wasn't neither one of them a housewife. Um, the one girl was mad because the other girl had started sleeping with her boyfriend and they had broke up and he had got with the new chick. Which, alright, I'm cool with that. Like, not cool with that. I'm not saying, like, I condone that. I'm saying, I see why you're mad. Here's where I wasn't. This is why I had the problem. Is that you on these posts talking about you slept with my boyfriend. We've been together for a year and a half and this and that. Um, You be on social media every day and ain't heard no mention of you having this boyfriend. But now all of a sudden he gone. Now all of a sudden y'all been in love for the past year. No, no, y'all ain't been in love. Y'all been y'all been having this little fake relationship where you go over there and give him some pussy and uh, expect him not to do be be doing it to nobody else. And I used to think like that's that's crazy. And then I start watching these housewives shows, and the show is called Real Housewives, but. It ain't no husbands on these shows. Like, the men ain't nowhere to be found. Like, y'all, they just be... They just be out to lunches and doing this and going on these vacations. Ain't a man in sight. Like, a lot of these... Some of these women on the show ain't even married. Ain't even dating nobody. Ain't, you know, single. On the show called The Real Housewives. You know what I mean? That's like... That's like me starring in a show about the KKK. Like, how am I do that? Like, how you on a real housewife show and you ain't a housewife? Like, not even just a housewife. You ain't even a wife. You know. But, you know, that's the show. And another thing, and there's another thing that, you know, it's in a contract that they have to, they have to go to so many events together. Is that right, Britt? Yeah, that they, you know, they have to go to so many events together and they have to go on a vacation together, you know, during the course of this show. And 
you know, I just had this thought here recently because I seen it on Facebook. I mean, could you imagine? You know, I ain't never been. I don't know. I ain't never been to, to none of these events in town. But you know, the Goose Gala is coming up. You know, live music and it's a fundraiser and it's great. And that would be the perfect event for the Real Housewives of Harshville to go to and to click up in different corners and talk shit about each other and gossip about each other and tell each other business to, you know, other people that ain't got nothing to do with the shit and just be, you know, drinking and having a good time. And, you know, you know, you know, such and such said this about you. And then I would love for, you know, that drama to break out at the Goose Gala, you know, and be reported on, you know, be reported on in the Vidette. That'd be great. That'd be great to see the reports come out in the Vidette, you know, when this shit pop off. But the only difference is, and I'm sure that's probably happening at the Goose Gala anyway. You know what I mean? Like, you really wouldn't have to do anything to Hartsville. You just got to pick the, you know, pick the girls you want to be on the show and just let them do what they do because the shit's already going on. But the difference would be is that now we got cameras so that you can say some shit behind somebody's back and it's all well and good. But in six months, it's going to be on TV and they're going to be able to watch you say the shit behind their back. And you ain't going to be able to deny it no more. That's what I want to see. That's the part I like. Like, I, you know, I don't even want, like watching the shows as much as I do the reunion. Like, that's what I want to see. That would be the fun part for me if there was a real Housewives of Harshville. Because let's be honest, people. We already got the real Housewives of Harshville. There's already that much drama going on if you choose to listen and pay attention to the gossip that's going on around you. It's already that kind of shit going on. Like, I'm sure at the Goose Gala and Hearts for Follies, it's enough people sitting around talking about each other with smiles on their faces and taking pictures for the camera and everything like this on the red carpet that they have. And everybody's all well and good. And they, you know, talking about, you know, such and such husband left her because of what's this, you know, whatchamacallit. And, well, you know that they do this and they do that. And, you know, and I'm sure that's going on. And, I'm, you know, and we all know what's going on. And I'm the type of person, I just be hearing shit. I overhear stuff all the time. And people, for whatever reason, they tell me things because I know people like I care. Like, I don't care what someone's so doing. Like, I had somebody come to me one time and be like, Hey, look, uh, I seen such and such with a person that they shouldn't have been seen with at the place they were seen at. Do you think I should tell such and such that I seen them? Um, not only do I think you shouldn't tell them, I'm going to pretend that we ain't never had this conversation because they ain't got shit to do with me. So, I don't know why you even brought that to my attention. I'm over here literally minding my business. You trying to bring me into some drama and I ain't going for it. That's why I've told Britt. Like, if we get famous and rich or whatever, we can't do these housewife shows because I'm not going to play them games. Like, you're not finna talk about my wife the way you talked about her and then come in my house that ain't gonna fly you know what I mean I don't care about these contracts that we, you, you gotta attend 
X amount of events together. No, you not welcome in my house. You know, that's just the way that's going to be. So if y'all need me to have this event, we're going to have this event without you. You know what I mean? I'm that kind of person. Like, if I don't like you, I'm going to tell you, I don't like you. Uh, and that's the problem with Harshful in general, is that won't nobody say that. We'll just invite everybody over and we'll laugh and joke and like it's all, you know, like it's all funny games. And we'll talk about you behind your back in the corner. Um, and I ain't going to be with that shit. And the other thing I ain't going to be with is if I confront you about something or we have a conversation about something, I want you to tell me the truth. I want it to get to the bottom of the situation and hash it out. So what you ain't going to do is lie to me to my face in front of these cameras. What I ain't going to do is I ain't going to wait till the show airs. Okay. I'm going to go to the producers immediately after the conversation and I'm going to be like, look, run me the footage from 20 minutes before this so I can see what they were saying. Because if they were saying something different than what they said to me, well, we finna have a problem. Y'all ratings finna go through the roof and y'all going to have to fire me because I'm finna fire on one of these motherfuckers. You know, I think it would be entertaining to, to watch you know, to watch, you know, a little small group of girls gather at Keller's for lunch and talk about their friends, you know, because they already do it anyway, you know, to be hanging out at Keller's, you know, drinking and going to the Mexican restaurant. They could go and hang out at, uh, because they, they, you got to work out, you got to work out on the show. So they could go down to, uh, uh, Creek Bank CrossFit and, you know, get their gym on and everything. Um, what else they be doing on the shows? Uh, there's always, they got the events that they got to go to, the fundraisers and shit like that. You know, they could go to the, you know, the Goose Gala, uh, Hearts for Follies, some of the other fundraisers. Oh, they, they'll definitely be at the football games. You know what I'm saying? That'd be great. That'd be great to watch them at the football games so you can watch, because I don't know if you're aware of this, but Hartsville football games have assigned seating. The same family's been sitting in the same places and standing on the same spot at the fences for 25, 30 years. So you'll know, you know, when you get to the football game, you got to walk past what's going call it to get to your seat and you mumbling under your breath, they mumbling under their breath. But these cameras and these microphones they got strapped to you, they going to pick it up and they going to put the little subtitles up under up under you to show what you said in case you whispered it that low it's gonna be amazing tv uh, and then the reunion the reunion is gonna be the the reunion is always the best the best part and you know since it's my idea i think i should host the reunion okay and look i love andy cohen andy cohen is funny he's a funny dude uh i love him on the reunions uh, that the show he's got, watch what happens live. Like, he's a funny dude. I I like him. He just don't go far enough for my taste. You know what I mean? Like, if I'm gonna stir the pot, I'm gonna stir the pot. I'm not gonna pretend like I don't know what the fuck was said. I'm gonna ask you straight up. So, uh, how'd you feel when you found out that she was sleeping with your husband? Or when you found out that she had told everybody this and in reality it was really this. Why you ain't say nothing to her? Why you ain't tell why you ain't telling nothing? Why you didn't tell her the truth when she asked you about it? And 
you know, all of this kind of stuff, like, I would love it. Because I be wanting to do it on social media already, and Britt won't let me. She won't let me pick and poke at people when they be posting and talking shit all the time on social media and gossiping and saying little cryptic shit that people ain't supposed to understand. I be wanting to say stuff, but she won't let me. Um, I think it would be a great idea. The Real Housewives of Hartsville. Andy Cohen, if you're listening, pick it up. Uh, I'm not going to nominate anybody in particular. I'll let y'all nominate the people. Well, I just let you know people volunteer. But I think it could work. You know what I mean? A little small town. Because they always do big cities. But this small town shit is where it's at. Because in small towns, we already know everybody's business anyway. Or think we do. And that's going to be the entertaining part about it. Is to finally to finally catch everything on camera because it's always it's always three sides to a story it's your side they side and the truth and with these cameras around we're gonna be able to catch the, the, the real truth and like i said the reunion is gonna be the best part once everybody done sat down and watched the shit and i don't know if you've ever caught somebody in a lie or not it's very entertaining it's very entertaining to catch somebody in a lie and to watch the realization come over them that there's no way that they can lie their way out of this. Like you are caught stone cold, red handed. You are caught in this lie. There's nowhere for you to go. But they still try to bob and weave their way out of it. And the only thing I ask is if we do the Real Housewives of Hartsville, I want to break the rule of no fighting. After the, re- after the reunion show. We're going to do the reunion show. And then each person. Each each housewife. Is going to pick one housewife. And we're going to do it old school. We're going to go down to Second Creek. And we'll let them fight it out. That's going to be the last episode. So we're going to have everybody. They're going to part. They're going to drink at Keller's. They're going to eat at the Mexican restaurants. And uh, they can stop by. Save by the Waffle. When it's in town and get, you know, get their stuff there. Um, they can go to Hartsville Follies and the Goose Gala. Uh, the beauty pageant would be a good one because most, you know, people got kids and stuff. That'd be a good one. Then we had a reunion show and then we had the Second Creek, the Second Creek Showdown. That's going to be the final episode of The Real Housewives of Hartsville is we're going to let these girls pick, pick one, meet at Second Creek and scrap it out. It's going to be amazing. I'm going to host it. Uh, so that's that. You know what I mean? You might feel different. You might think it's a dumb idea. You might think this is the dumbest thing you've ever sat and listened to. But hopefully you sat and listened to it. Hopefully you've enjoyed it. Hopefully I can make it happen. Actually, I really I don't have that kind of stroke uh, in the world to make anything like that happen. So continue to watch The Real Housewives of uh, Houston, Atlanta, Vegas, as Drake would say, because I don't know all the names of the cities, but it's going to be fun. Uh, that's really all I got for you, people. Um, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the show. As always, it's been a pleasure. I've enjoyed myself. I hope you've enjoyed. Thank you for thank you for playing along with me. I'll be back with a new episode next week. Don't have the topics yet, but I will. Uh, I will be working on them, and I'll. Uh, 
I'll post a run sheet probably a couple of days before. Y'all seem to really enjoy that, getting a, getting a little preview. And as I always, man, um, you know, like to, like I said in the beginning, like like me on Facebook, follow me on Instagram, um, find the podcast on whatever your favorite platform, Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, like, follow, subscribe, all that good stuff. You got any ideas, any suggestions, comments, thoughts, whatever, feel free to let me know. Feel free to drop me a line, inbox me, email me, drinkswithdub at yahoo.com. Uh, DM me, message me, comment on something, whatever. Get in touch with me. If you see me in town, see me in the streets, I'm not hard to find. Stop me and holler at me, man. I love talking to people. Um, if you got an idea, run it past me. Um, hopefully, in the, hopefully, sometime in the next few weeks, I can work some things out, get some guests back in. But until I can get that worked out and get some guests with me, guess what, motherfuckers? Y'all is stuck with me. And... I'm going to keep doing this until I get tired of doing it. And at this point, I ain't tired of doing it. So, like I said, I'll be back with a brand new episode next week. Thank you for thank you for riding with me. Thank you for tuning, tuning in. And like I always tell you, ladies and gentlemen, if you knew better, you do better. I'll see you next time.